You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so let's get started with A.A. Ron. Hey, Ryan, it's A.A. Ron calling again um, from Eau Claire, and I just wanted to comment on a little bit of something that I've heard people uh, criticizing Matt LaFleur for um, which is uh, everything but his performance as a coach Um, I feel like when you looked at the performance that the team had yesterday um, it's kind of a reason to, I guess, stay patient with certain coaches or certain players to to a, to a point um, until you really figure out what they are and what they aren't, which just takes some time. Uh, where, I don't know, earlier this season I heard a lot of people saying, you know, oh, Matt LaFleur, you know, he's so soft and he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just very much... You know, I was only focused on his eyebrows and his hair and, you know, he's just too much of this, too much of that. And it's all basically non-football-related criticism. Yeah. Um, and I guess when you see these players, you know, finally start getting it together, it's like, hey, I mean, obviously he's doing something right. He's making some adjustments. He's, you know, being patient. He's not just... Uh, good thing the fans aren't the coach because they would just change everything the minute it goes wrong. Whereas someone like, like a professional coach, oftentimes will you know be patient and, and realize that there's a process going on. So I, I don't think Matt Lafleur is beyond criticism, and I think he's deserved some of the criticism that people have given him. I'm not just saying you know nobody should ever criticize Matt Lafleur or, or anybody for that matter. But I do think a lot of the criticism is based on things that are more just perceptions or, you know, oh, he, he just he doesn't seem like a tough coach, so, you know, he's not a good coach. Well, 
I think we, we are seeing that there is a lot of good things he's doing and um, continuing to do. And even even Joe Barry, I mean, I don't know if he should continue to be the the coach of the defense past this year, but I mean, he's doing a lot more things well than I think people are giving him credit for. So, um, anyways, just uh, commenting on that. Um, just you know how much I appreciate the uh, fact that Matt LaFleur has been able to be patient and, and put it together. So hopefully it continues. Yeah, the Matt LaFleur thing, and I've obviously dabbled in it because I think there are questions. Um, and the questions that I care about, less so than his eyebrows, are, are things like you know, the, the locker room. And that's tough because I don't know to what degree the coach really impacts that. Right? We see... You know, for example, there might be somewhat of a, you know, and toxic is kind of a vague, nondescript term, but you see a, a locker room that appears to not be super great, a lack of motivation, a lack of excitement, those types of things. And you wonder if that's him or if really any coach would have been in the same situation because it's a team that's losing football games and people aren't super excited about it. And the reason I say it's flimsy is because, you know, he goes from terrible play caller to genius, like seemingly overnight. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think I could ever call a game where I would be considered a genius. I don't have that ability. We, we see it go from like a, a locker room that seems devoid of, of joy, of excitement to suddenly a team that is super jacked up and motivated and excited and full of energy. Well, I thought this team wasn't bought in because Matt LaFleur doesn't bring the right end. Like, where did that come from? And so again, it's like, how much weight should I put into these things? If they're even true, which I can't quantify or verify, there's no stats or film or anything to break down to give me that other than, you know, trying to account for a variable that can't be accounted for, you know, there's sort of this hidden variable in there and trying to quantify it. But suddenly it just appears, and it seems to appear when things are going well, and things tend to go well when players execute. So if we kind of get back to the whole thing where, again, we have disagreements on Matt LaFleur and his ability as a play caller, right? It, it, some people do actually have football issues with Matt LaFleur. I do not. Now, I, I can't sit here and quantify it to the point of saying I think he's better than or a top three, top five. I don't know exactly where he falls. I just know that this offense is able to operate at a high level when guys can do the basics. Run the right routes, throw the throw accurate passes, catch accurate passes. And if we can do that, it's not going to be flawless. There's going to be bad decisions at times, but it is good enough, creative enough. You know, very simply, Matt LaFleur is able to call the right plays at the right the, the amount of like third down conversions where we've seen guys open, like I just feel like that's never a thing for the Green Bay Packers. I've watched Aaron Rodgers for years try to squeeze these tight balls and tight windows on third down because it feels like that's the only thing you can do. And for some reason, we have guys open like every third down. But again, it seems like the amount of energy and excitement and everything goes right along with winning and winning goes right along with executing. We also have the evidence of the Green Bay Packers being the actual best football team in the NFL in 2020 and being one of the best in 2021 and being quite good in 2019. Again, 2022 fell off, but I don't think it was a coaching thing, right? I watched Aaron Rodgers lob a pass to Aiden Hutchinson, five yards short of David Bakhtiari. That's not a Matt LaFleur thing. I mean, I guess we could say it is for drawing up that play, but the fact that David Bakhtiari was wide open 
I'm looking at the execution from the coach and the execution from the quarterback and saying one did their job and one did not. It's the whole reason why I haven't come down on Matt LaFleur's play calling in general is because it's like, if the guy's wide open, I'm not mad at the coach. He drew up a play, the guy's wide open. You know, like that, that throwback early in the season where the ball came up short, Jordan looked like he snapped his knee, and then he threw the ball short, and it's like, well, that was a terrible play. It's like, bro, he's wide open. Just throw it, catch it, throw it, catch it. You're professional football players, dude. Me and my son do this crap in the backyard. He's not even 10 years old. And I suck at sports. So those are always the things that those types of criticisms that can easily and very often do get flipped on their head. You know what I mean? Like somebody that's a bad football player that is consistently a very good football player. And when they're bad, it generally is somebody else's fault. (laughs) You know? I'm very skeptical of being critical of that person. You know, like, go back to Rodgers. It's like, Rodgers is very consistently good. Let's just go back to whenever it was you before you hated him, right? Rodgers is very, very consistently good. He does have bad days, and 90% of those bad days, the offensive line cannot keep the pressure off of him. And guys are dropping passes. And yeah, he's getting a little frustrated, which is maybe throwing him off a little bit. But it's so hard to criticize Rodgers, because the guy's very good if everybody else just does their job. Right, leave 2022 out of it in 2015 or whatever, 2018, just drop those years. That was generally true. And so as a result, I'm not going to criticize him. And that's kind of how I feel about Matt LaFleur. We see this thing come together. As these young guys are figuring it out, as Jordan has been throwing more accurately, as guys have been dropping less passes, as, as players have been cons- consistently um, committing less penalties, As less passes are dropped, as the blocking improves, suddenly Matt LaFleur went from a genius to an idiot to a genius. And it all follows the exact track of how well the players are executing. That means it has nothing to do with Matt LaFleur. And and understand, I'm talking about like basic stuff. Because there are times, I mean, you you can, you know, we could call those Christian Watson quote unquote drops execution issues. But again, that's not that's not a wide open guy dropping a pass. Right? Same with like the Joe Barry thing. Well, if, if guys would just execute, you mean like if that guy could beat a double team? No, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about your heads up on a guy and you can't. Ta- I'm talking about Jonathan Owens. I'm talking about broken coverages, right? Those types of situations are the ones where you look at it and go, maybe Joe Barry isn't the problem. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying. But there are also instances where it's like if there's a three man rush, it's like, well, guys got to get home. Bull crap. There's also putting guys in a position to succeed, but here's the situation. Matt LaFleur put him in a position to succeed when a guy's running wide freaking open. That's Matt LaFleur doing his job. Check that box. Boom. Done. So it just, the bottom line is it just feels flimsy to me. Every time we talk about Matt not doing the right thing, I'm just, I'm not really seeing a lot of teeth to that. And there are occasional instances, but it, it the problem, the other issue is a lot of times when it comes down to specific play calling, it's that didn't work. Therefore you shouldn't have done it. And, you know, we can come up with, again, the third down. You should have just crammed it up the middle. Probably. But again, there was an instance where we did that and lost two yards. And if we had done that, I'm not saying the same people, don't get me wrong, but maybe different people would have called in and what would they say? That's so predictable. Everybody saw that coming. You're telling me you can't run to the right or to the left. You couldn't have thrown a short pass there. It's so easy to just say, you know, to to have a new plan that nobody's going to run and we can't see if it would have succeeded or failed. So again, I would have done something different too. But there's a lot of times I would have done something different. Like I said, I'm, I'm a coward. I've, I've explained that before. And basically what that means is I, I'm, I'm scared of, of like third downs and fourth downs. 
I always want to take the points. So if it's like fourth down and we're in field goal range, I want to kick the field goal. I mean, pending the, you know, if we need a touchdown to win type of thing or whatever. If, if we're if we're in the second quarter, kick the field goal. That's me. And the math says I'm wrong all the time. I don't care. I'm just, I don't want to do it. But guess what? If they convert, I was wrong. And if they don't convert, I don't want to be the guy that calls in and it was like, they should have kicked the field goal. They're a bunch of idiots. Because again, I'm also not going to be the guy that would call into a show and say, hey, I'm an idiot because I said they shouldn't have gone for it and I should be fired for my job, which is nothing to do with football, but I should be, you know, what? <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I've explained this thoroughly and I want to try to get through as many calls as we can. So I'll just shut up now. Koozie, what's going on, man? Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Koozie from Wausau. Um, a couple things. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that the episode that you, you uh, spoke about my uh, Kanye Asada got, so I lost in cyberspace. I'm so sorry. I'll never know what your response was, but uh, oh. hopefully I'll mention. I'm trying to think. Let me think now. What the heck did you say about the carne asada? I saw, so, okay. If you don't know what he's talking about, I recorded a whole episode. And um, I, I quote unquote uploaded it, which was the wrong one. And then I, you know, I have my audio file sitting there. And once it's all done up, I always save just in case. I just leave it there. And then I'm like, okay, it's uploaded and everything's good. There's no errors. All right, delete, gone forever. The problem is I never actually saved it, right? So because I didn't save it, when I went to upload, I didn't really look at it, which I go to, I, I deliberately put the date in there so that I don't make this mistake, but I don't read the date. I just click the most recent one, upload it, blah, 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 blah. I'm an idiot. I skipped a step. There's so many steps, and I always, I, that's just how my, that's why there's so many issues with the podcast sometimes. I skip steps because I do things so many times, it's just autopilot. And when you skip a step, it throws the whole thing off. So I didn't save it. I go do some stuff upstairs, take a break, blah, 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 come downstairs, upload the most recent one. It was the wrong one, and this one's gone forever. There's nothing else to upload. I can't fix this issue. I re- spent all day recording that for nothing. It was a waste of time. So that's what he's referring to. Um, carne asada, I don't exactly remember what you had said about that, but I know that I had said that I've never done that because I always feel weird making steak and then putting it on a taco because tacos, I always use leftover meat. Like it's, it's always, so I, I, like if I'm going to cook and I understand it's not like premium steak, but I just feel weird, like cooking a steak and then chopping it and putting it on a taco. Although obviously it's delicious. And those are the tacos that I always get. Like if I go out, I'm getting the carne asada. That's just, that's the only way to go. If I'm going to go out and get tacos, like from a truck or at a Mexican restaurant, it, I mean, I don't know why you'd get anything other than carne asada tacos, but anyways, again, I don't exactly remember how that went. I just know that that was one of the comments that I made is that I don't, I have never done that. Although I, I should try that sometime. And again, let me know how you like the, uh, the whole Latin flavor idea. Um, as far as the game, I thought it was really fun and I hope, you know, I don't know how all the people that keep rooting for losses and draft picks and stuff feel, and maybe I don't know if they can have fun watching what I thought was a really fun game. Um, but it was exciting. You know, did we benefit from them dropping some balls? Yeah. But, hey, that's the way it goes. Um, other than that, it was, uh, you know, Love had a good game. Watson, Dobbs, and Reed all scored touchdowns. Yeah. So I think the future looks pretty good. So, um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about things, and 
you know, we're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, but hey, um, that's all right. You know, there's next year. Yep. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'll keep listening and hoping, uh, hoping more episodes will get lost and however it got lost. Right. Yep. I feel the need to apologize, but I'm the one that got hurt most by that. So I'm just, I'm just not going to. <laughs> no, I, I am because I do feel bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because it's almost like you feel most comfortable in the extremes. You know, the, the worst possible thing for a lot of people, and I think this is where a lot of the, the Tank 4 crowd, and, and probably most people, the, the worst thing you can be is mediocre. Um, and it, it does worry me that we're headed that way. As much as I look at it and I'm like, dude, this is great because we're we're not super bad and we've got all these good players and everything else. When you kind of couple that with what I was talking about yesterday or today or whatever podcast it was on, I don't remember. Uh, the um, the fact that it's like we've got good, not great players could lead us there. Like if Jordan Love is a top 15 quarterback and, you know, Reed is a top 30 quarterback and or wide receiver and you know what I mean? Like it's 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 going to lead you to like maybe playoffs like the Vikings for years. Like you're, you're maybe going to be a playoff team. Like you're fighting to kind of be that number two, possibly number one in the division, but probably not. Cause there's that one dominant team in this case, probably the lions. So you're kind of battling for that number two spot with the Vikings. Um, Cause the bears suck and maybe getting into the playoffs, even though Super Bowl aspirations are not super real. And so I, I think, Sometimes it can be easier to just say that, you know, it's it's good to be good, but it would be better to to dream for the stars kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you guys get like me, especially when you start to get down or whatever, for whatever reason my mind goes to. I, I always know that I'm struggling with things emotionally because I, I don't know if it's just because I'm a dude or how this works. I, I don't know that I'm having issues. They're just telltale signs that certain things are happening. One of them is like, I'm super into music. It's like, all right, something's wrong with me. Like I, I'm, I'm having emotional issues. Number two is I daydream about being rich, like winning the lottery, like just randomly. It's like, dude, here's what I would do. And I go into like this deep sleep daydream mode. And I'm like looking up houses. I'm looking up the most recent cars. I'm like, yeah, dude, I get one of those. Not a big truck guy, but you got to get a truck. Like which truck are you going to get? Like, oh, I want one of these. You got to get a Tesla. Because it's like, you know, you got to have one of those in your back pocket. Um, I start doing the math. You know, like if you win a billion dollars in the mega jackpot, here's how, what's your take home? So then I go do a, a calculator to find out what my take home is. And it's like, all right, if I, let's say I put aside a million, put the rest in a account, it grows 10% a year. I draw 5% a year. What's 5% of all this money minus a million to live on in the meantime? What's my draw of 5% per year while this continues to grow at an additional 5%? Like, okay, so this is how much money I have per year. What can I do with that? Bro, I had like, I didn't give up podcast. I still got the podcast, but it's in like this, I got like a warehouse and I'm like hiring guys to come move out there. And this is where we work. And it is the greatest place in the world to work. Like I hired my grandma, her job to be grandma. Like your job is to be grandma, which means you come hang out, you make people feel awesome, you bake brownies and stuff. Like I got somebody that does your grocery shopping for you. Like it's not a big deal. Like we have meetings. Grandma's like got cookies. Like she's like, well, you guys want some cookies? Like heck yeah, grandma, come on in. You want some? You want to sit down? You want no? All right, cool. Dude, we got, we got a huge video screen with a draft board. 
And we just, we just have like meetings of the draft. Like that's just what we do. Why? Cause I can do whatever I want and I can pay my friends to come hang out. And we, we are like, I'm the GM and these, we, we sit and we watch film and like our, our main draft scout, probably Jake, if he wants to move out there, like he's given us breakdowns. So it's like, all right, we're going to have our draft thing. So we go and by the way, been playing like Starfield and you know, so it's all on space and they got these airlock doors and I'm like, I want an airlock door. I don't know how much that costs, but I'm pretty sure I can afford it. So we have an airlock door with like hand sensors. You put your hand on it. The airlock door opens like big, big, big and opens up. And then we go in because it's top secret, obviously, right? This is your draft board. It's super important. We got TVs all over the place. All this stuff. By the way, there's like a daycare and, and all this. So you can like bring your families. It's a super family-friendly place. Come hang out while we're doing the stuff. Put your kids over there. We got a movie theater. You can go have movie time. We got grandma making snacks for the kids. We got a playground out back. Like it's super dope, dude. You do whatever you want. You can come hang out. And by the way, when we're quote-unquote working, we got our offices. We're playing video games most of the time because this isn't real work. We're just having fun. And we hire people to do all the video content. So they're just trying to regenerate as much money. So anyways... I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Anyways, the point is daydreaming, right? We, it's it's fun to, when you're in a state of despair, like we kind of watch this team, sometimes it's easier to sit back and daydream about, bro, we get Caleb. Caleb is like Pat Mahomes. He's better than Pat Mahomes. He is like the greatest ever. You get Caleb Williams, and then like it unleashes all our wide receivers, and then we could get it, right? You just, you, you can kind of do that with the Packers team as well. And maybe it's just certain people that are wired a certain way that are more dreamers as opposed to like, you know, I don't know, just optimistic, happy people that are content with life who look at the situation and they're like, yeah, you know, we're probably not going to the playoffs, but I love everybody and Jordan's good and like being good is good and everything. And so I, th- I think it tends to depend how you're wired. And, and again, I, I am wired. I am, first of all, more pessimistic than optimistic. So I'm definitely not by default the rah-rah, everything's going to be fine guy. And I also tend to go into dreamy places, as you can tell. So by default, it makes sense that I would see things go negatively and default into daydreamy land where it's like, bro, check this, like, watch Caleb, watch Drake May. Like, can you imagine, like, oh, man, we're going to be so good. And then you win a game. And, and again, I understand as a more optimistic fan and all that kind of stuff or however you're wired, hearing people piss and moan about a win is like, you piece of absolute human trash. Like, you suck at everything. But the problem is that takes me out of dreamy land. And now it's like, oh, so we're not going to get that anymore. So you've ruined and you have crushed the greatest reality that has ever been so that we can continue to be a nine win football team for the next 10 years. That's freaking awesome. Thank you so much for ruining my dreams. I don't mean to speak for everybody. I'm just, I, I guess I'm just trying to bridge the gap and make it a little bit more understandable for people. And again, bring it back to that point, which is, Everybody ultimately wants the same thing. Just remember that, because it can get heated. You know, well, you're an idiot if you think we're going to actually go anywhere with this team. You're an idiot if you think Jordan Love is good enough. You're an idiot if you want the team to lose. Bro, we all want the team to be awesome. We just kind of are seeing things differently and see the path forward differently. But just let's just try to remember. The Bears fans are over there, and they want us to suck. The Packer fans are over here and want us to be awesome. We just have different plans for how we get there. And none of us are the ones in control. So there's no reason to hate that guy, because he doesn't get to steer the ship. He's just over there popping off at the mouth. By the way, call in let me know if anybody else does that daydreamy crap, because sometimes I wonder if, if I'm alone in that. By the way, you ever think about like having superpowers and like which ones you would have if you could pick them? Because I feel like at my age, I shouldn't still be doing that. But again, 
sometimes you get in that mode where you're kind of just not feeling it. Probably like winter time, <laughs> which makes sense. It's getting cold and it's like, dude, what if I was a billionaire? Like, I want a billion dollars. I think I've told you that before, like where I've, I've thought about like superpowers and which ones I want and what I would do and just spend time thinking about it. And it's just a way to escape reality. It's like a video game, but I don't even have to play a video game. I can just sit in a chair and, uh, you know, my kids are watching Coco Melon or something and I'm just like, bro, give me the president on the phone. I got to talk to this mother, mother. Here's how it's going to go down. I already talked to Putin. Okay, we're on the same page. We got this figured out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. By the way, I've been on the phone with the cartels down in Mexico. They got my back. Okay, so we're good there. You know how dope that would be, by the way? Let, let, me, let me just get this last one out, and then we'll take a break. Let's say you had these powers, and certain people, they don't like it. They're worried. They're scared of you. Maybe politicians, they got secrets, and they don't want you letting them out. So you get some of the like scariest like cartel, gang members, whatever. Dudes with just tattoos all over their face. And you bust into their house, and you're like, bro, this is my friend, Jose. He's got a couple things he wants to say to you in regard to you testifying in front of Congress about what to do about me. That make me a bad person? I mean, he's trying to hurt me, all right? He started it. Did I stoop too low? I mean, I didn't get the guy. I'm not saying I killed the guy. I'm just saying I let him know that on a moment's notice, I can get the scariest people on planet Earth to walk into his living room. Uh, maybe he shouldn't threaten me. That's all. Is it weird that I think about this stuff? It's probably weird, right? Let's take a break. We'll come back and hear from New Berlin Guy. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett Wensling, New Berlin guy. What up? Um, so, I was just thinking... So this isn't really a question or like an opinion or anything like that. It's actually kind of a question. Yeah. So my fiance and I watch the Packer games together every 
time the Packers play. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me um, this last game, and she says to me that she's like, I hate watching Packer games with you. And I'm like, why? <clears throat> and she says, because you're always yelling at the TV whenever they mess up. Yep. And I'm like, and I look at her, I'm like, that's because I'm so passionate. And it's probably the football coach in me, because I coach my son's high school team and stuff like that. I just look at some of the dumb that we do sometimes. And it annoys me. Um, and so she, she just sits there and she's quiet and watches the game. Like when something good happens, she doesn't necessarily like cheer, like, like yeah, let's go. But she kind of just like, something like claps her hand. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, I wonder how Ryan and his wife watch Packer games. <laughs> like, are you a yelling at the TV type of person? Is she a yelling at the TV type of person? Because my fiance thinks I'm annoying when it comes to watching Packer games. With sure. So I'm just curious. Have a good day. So football games are just me and my son. I have failed at converting a single one of my daughters to football or my wife. My wife does not like football, never has, not interested. My oldest daughter, I tried. She didn't like it. She was annoyed at my passion with football. And as I mentioned, for a brief time, decided she was going to be a Bears fan. She gave that up, but has no interest in football whatsoever. I tried again with my second daughter. She doesn't like football. There's sort of this like annoyance with the obsession and passion that all the girls seem to have. And my middle daughter, who is the loudest person in my entire house is annoyed with particularly my son and his screaming during football games. My youngest daughter, um, I'm going to try. I'm going to do what I can, but my, my intensity level has gone down. Like my, I may have broken my oldest daughter just because like I constantly bought her Packer stuff and everything else. And she was just like, dude, I don't want freaking Packer stuff for Christmas. Are you stupid? And then my middle daughter, I bought like a Packers thing just so she could have it during Packers games and stuff that she doesn't watch. Um, but I, I haven't even considered buying her any Packers stuff recently. And then my youngest, I don't know if she owns Packers. Like if, if she does, my wife probably bought it like, Oh yeah, she should have Packers stuff. Like, okay. Yeah, that's true. She should. But it's like, I, I just, I haven't even hardly tried with her and, and who knows, maybe she'll end up liking it. It does make me sad though, because it's like, that's what made me love the Packers was like, my dad loved it. And like going to like Packer parties and it was like food and family and everything was there. And it was, it was just an awesome family thing. As far as the intensity, I am the least intense I've ever been. And it's because my son is so intense that it like causes me to like recede into myself. So rather than like screaming at the TV, I find myself just being like, dude, chill. Like, yeah, I know that's crazy, right? Like calm down a little bit though. Because usually I'm the one doing all the screaming, but he is like, my intensity times two. He also has started using the phrase trash, which I'm going to blame YouTube for that, but he probably got that from me. And I've realized how distasteful it is. Like, I've always known, like, I should probably round off the edges a little bit. But as soon as I heard my son start calling everybody trash, it immediately was like, all right, dude, you shouldn't say that, man. Like, everything and everyone is trash. (laughs) It's like, oh, crap, did I teach you that? You shouldn't say that, dude. Jordan Love misses a pass. So he's trash. Like, all right, all right, listen, all right, calm down. So it's like all of the energy that I put into my wife and all four of my kids, the results all went into my son because he has the intensity and excitement of five people in one person. 
So we'll see. I still am holding out hope that as the girls get older, they'll sort of appreciate it and hopefully remember back fondly. And I don't know, who knows? I'm holding out hope that in 20 years, dad will throw like a Packer party and everybody, including the girls, will all show up and it'll be a great time and they'll love it. They'll bring their husbands and the youngest one will bring her boyfriend that I hate because, you know, it's my job. And we'll have a good time. But yeah, my wife doesn't watch football games with me. Aaron, this is Aaron. Hey. Um, so, what I'm seeing with Jordan Love and this team, bro, I'm going to compare it to, I was in the Air Force for eight years. I was the aircraft mechanic in the Air Force. Nice. Um, so, I'm going to compare it to kind of like that. When you get into the Air Force, right, and you're first starting out, especially as an aircraft mechanic, you kind of, your uniform's clean, you're, you got like, you kind of got, got like a positive attitude, everything's right, going right, right. great, right? And you're learning, but you don't realize in that time that you're starting to overthink everything. You both, you just went through school, so you think you know everything, but you don't, right? Yep. So, like, you go through basic training, you go through your school that you have to go to for your specific career, your tech school. And so you learn a lot from that, but in that time, you really don't learn anything, right? You think you do, which is, I'm going to compare that to Jordan Love's time under Aaron Rodgers, right? He's learning things, he's seeing things happen, but he's not getting that time to actually understand things. But once you actually get to the point where you're on the job training and you're actually working in the airplanes and you're doing your job and you're at your duty location, that's when you start to grow, Right? that's when you start to actually learn things and you're in and in that time there's certain people that learn from their mistakes and see their mistakes and learn and be like hey okay i can't do this overthinking is bad i just got to follow the job got to do the job well and learn right and they grow and i have kind of a humble attitude about it don't think that for their hot crap i'm, I'm going to try to not use language in this um but you start to learn, right? You make your mistakes. You learn from your mistakes and you grow. But then there's the ones that just keep making the same mistakes over and over and just think and kind of think that they're above everyone. And, and it's just like you're seeing Jordan Love go through his on-the-job training stage where he's learning the offense and everyone's growing together as a unit. He's coming, he came together with these people that are new and like there's the leadership there which is like the Aaron Jones and you've got the Rashawn Harris and stuff like that but it's like everyone's young and coming together as a unit and I'm seeing that come together and that's why things are starting to click a little more and it's such a great thing to see because yeah it hasn't been perfect and it's never going to however they're becoming the technicians within the offense, within what they're supposed to be. And I don't want to overreact, but yeah, three minutes is up, I believe. Bye. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, again, I, I don't want today's podcast to turn into yesterday's podcast and say the exact same things, but, um, you know, it's it's true that it's early and it's true that we're seeing some positive movement in the right direction. Um, but it, you know, it, in, in terms of the example that you gave, you know, again, when we always talk about people's path, 
some people's path is this, some people's path is this. It's also true that some people, and in fact, most people's path is to be bad, stay bad, and just suck. And I just, I don't want that to be overshadowed because sometimes, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but sometimes when we talk about this specific issue in this specific way, we talk about different people's paths to being great. A lot of times we realize there is, it's, it's a dead end. It's, it's a maze that doesn't ever lead out. So the way that it gets described sounds like, you know, everybody has a path to greatness and this is just his path or their path, whether we're talking about the offense, the receivers, the quarterback, whatever. And I don't want to just assume, again, I'm not saying you're saying this, but it just, it sounds that way sometimes when we hear this about like the path and his path and everybody's path, you know, to getting there is different. Yeah, but most people don't ever get there. I just, I, I that's a very important piece of the puzzle that shouldn't be left out. Most people's path leads to being bad, staying bad, and then either being a backup or just leaving the NFL, being expelled. So every one of these guys, Jordan, Christian, Jaden, all of them, they're on a path. And saying they're on a path doesn't necessarily mean anything because we don't know if the path is going somewhere positive or somewhere negative. However, it is true that some people have a path that is a little slower and leads kind of around a couple back ways and then ends up becoming good, even though most of the time that isn't the case. Sometimes that's the case. And the fact that we're seeing some positive signs kind of pushes us a little bit in the direction of maybe we're going to come out the other side. There is no certainty. There is no guarantee. That's just, I, I'm, I'm nitpicking, but that's just the way that I would present that same thing because that's kind of where I'm at with it. Rather than saying, hey, everybody has a different path and here's his path to being good. Or, you know, again, that's just how it sounds. Just simply reminding that some people's path is to wait a long time, suck for a while, and then kind of become good, even though that's unlikely and probably not the case. That might be the case. And we're seeing glimmers and who knows, maybe we'll get there. Again, I'm a little bit more pessimistic. That's just how I am with stuff. But I'm serious. Like, I, I don't want to just assume it. And I think a lot of people present it in a way that is assuming. Like, he'll get there. Just relax. Like, well, no, that's... Nope. <laughs> we don't know. There's no guarantee Musgrave is going to get anywhere beyond where he is. For all we know, this is the best he's ever going to be. By the way, horrible about Musgrave. I just saw that today. That's scary stuff. I'm not sure if I was cut off, but if I wasn't, I was about to. You were right there, so 259. my point in what I was saying is that you, when I got older, when I got past the stage of being a new airman and being a new, and when I got to be like a senior airman and they grew, right? You could see all these young people come in and you could see them just kind of carry themselves and kind of didn't, kind of were clunky and like little kids and whatever. And then you'd see them eventually, there just came a point, right? where they just were able to do the job. They just and that's, that's sort of the example that I'm referring to, right? Because in your specific example, almost all the, and this is every career, right? Whether, whether it's Air Force or being a mechanic or, you know, being a friggin' whatever, a, a, a bartender. There's that point when you're young and you don't know <clears throat> and you're inefficient in the way that you do things. And then there's a point when you kind of figure it out and you get into the groove of things. And there might be varying degrees of how good people are, but, you know, a lot of careers, it's just there are people that can do the job and you end up doing the job. Um, but that isn't the NFL. The, the NFL is a, is like a trial period to see who can do the job and the vast majority of the people cannot do the job, at least not very well. Their entire existence is simply because we haven't been able to, at this point in time, find somebody to replace you, either because we don't have the cap space, free agency is garbage, 
or you know we only get seven picks in the draft and your number didn't come up but believe me we are desperately trying to replace you because you suck you know it's just it's just a very different environment than the usual workplace which is as you described you get in you're not super good at your job and then over time you become good at your job that's usually how that goes started where everything clicked and they they looked like they'd been in for a while and they'd seen some stuff and had been through the ringer as far as messing up and getting chewed out by leadership. Well, not entirely chewed out, but, but getting either in like in trouble or getting, seeing grace for what they did. And they just made their mistakes, learned from them and moved on. And it just got to that point and that's kind of what I'm starting to see from Jordan Love in this office. You're starting to see him carry himself a lot different through these last few games than um, than through the beginning of the season. He kind of, at the beginning of the season, he kind of had this mentality of, or it looked like he was talking kind of like a like young hot shot kid, right? Who just came into this job and like this is my team now, and now it's just like he's played a few weeks he's not new to this anymore and I think as what some people have said in the past is that it's like it just the game slows down to you and that's kind of what it was in the Air Force as well is that everything just kind of slowed down for you you started to understand things and that's just his just how he carries himself how he leads now and like you can see him yelling at people and and actually because now he knows everything and now well not everything but now he knows what's going on and he can lead and can guide and 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 knows where everyone else is supposed to be and so it's just kind of like he's put in enough time everyone else put in enough time where it's just now there's these expectations that the expectations just keep getting higher uh because he's not new anymore and so it's just such a great thing to see and if we can keep growing and keep getting better and, oh, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see how it goes on Thursday because um, this is going to be one fun game and uh, and food. So yeah. um, I'm about to get cut off again, but happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Yeah, and I see what you mean in terms of, like, you're, you're starting to see that, you know, wh- whether or not they become great, whatever, but you're starting to at least see them settle in a little bit. Um, which obviously is a positive, and we'll see what that materializes into. Um, you know, it might not be an exact parallel, but I I get it. Um, as far as the food, by the way, my my pride has been. Uh, <laughs> I took a, a little bit of a shot there. Day one, I'm like, all right, I'm making mac and cheese, cornbread, and a dessert. The dessert was like a five out of ten. Became like a six and a half, seven out of ten the next day. Surprisingly, it was weird, but wasn't digging it. Cornbread sucked, and the mac and cheese. My wife loved it. Not not for me. Again, it's so hard to get flavor in it, and it just it didn't have enough flavor. Yesterday, I decided I'm going to calm down. I'm not going to do three things. I'm going to do one. I'm going to do mac and cheese. I'm going to hammer it, and we're going to do a different recipe. And this one's going to be. And it was real close, but it went too far to the other end of the spectrum. A little bit too much flavor. I'm all about good mac and cheese and making food, but I'm I'm still white. Right? There is such a thing as too much flavor. Right, like this is just like gooey seasoning. <laughs> like, this is little much. So today I'm gonna meld those two together. I'm making the perfect freaking mac and cheese, and I gotta hurry up because tomorrow's the show. But I, 
I am excited about it, man. Like I said, I the, the cool thing about like any of these things is you after a while of doing it, you kind of recognize like, okay, so this is how you make it. This is like the base. And then you can just kind of add to it and twist it and tweak it however you want. What kind of cheese, how much cheese, what kind of seasoning, how much seasoning. You kind of just get it. It was the same with like the soup. Like I figured it out. Like, okay, you just do this and this, and then you can put in whatever ingredients you want, and boom, there you go, soup. So I made like one or two soup recipes, and then I made like six just off the top of my dome. Just like, all right, I'm going to throw some chicken, some rice, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, some hot sauce. Why not? A little kick it up a little bit. And so that's today with the mac and cheese. Like, I get it. I know how to make mac and cheese. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. We're doing it. But uh, yeah, super excited about food, super excited about football. I'm going to make the same declaration I do every year, which is I'm not going to hurt myself with food this year. I'm not going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to be laying there in a coma, like just all stretched out where it's like I'm really thirsty and I could use a cup of coffee, but it's going to hurt me to put more food, more anything in my body. You know, like there's so much salt that I need water, but I, there's no room for water. I'm not doing that. I know I'm lying when I say that, but I'm going to say it anyways. We'll see how it goes. Let's take our final break. We've got a couple more from AA, Ron. I'm going to try to rip through these as fast as I can because we're almost caught up, but I don't think we're going to quite get through it all. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. Sorry for the third call. I forgot the point that I was going to make. Oh, there's a fourth um, call. So, it, see, having seen, like, the mannerisms of people who, like, grow into the position and whatever in, like, in the Air Force, right? Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I almost said Justin Fields because I'm going to be talking about Justin Fields, but Jordan Love, not Jordan Love. Jordan Love, he doesn't look like a guy who is not learning from the mistakes. He realizes, hey, I messed up. What should I do to fix it and move on? Whereas then you have a guy, I'm going to bring up Justin. This is where I'm going to bring up Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a prime example of one of those guys that um, thinks he's all hot crap, right? And is just like, as you could see it when he was like, yeah, I'm not the problem. The coaches are the problem, right? And so he's not fully willing to change and see that he's messed, that he's an issue. And he, it's, if he's after three seasons in the league, he's not growing. Um, and so he's the type that everyone would not like, would not do a good job. Everyone would want him off on not working on their plane, going to do something else because he doesn't, he hasn't grown into it. So I hate, I don't like doing this whole Justin Fields, Jordan Love comparison because it's not really fair, but I'm just using them as, as an example. Do it. Because Justin Fields fits the prime example of the mentality that you don't want, whereas Jordan Love is the quarterback with the mentality that you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not using that as an ultimate of he is the guy. I personally think that this has shown that he very, 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 very well could be. Um, but... He just has the mentality of being that number one quarterback, and he has shown the talent in recent weeks to be a number one quarterback. So if he can continue this and can keep growing, that's where I stand. But anyways, as I said before, have a good Thanksgiving. Um, eat lots of turkey. Um, hope your mac and cheese is good. I hope your I Cornbread's good. I, um, so I personally don't like it when there's corn, actual corn in it, so yeah. I agree with you there. there you um, but I also hate mac and cheese, so I'm a weirdo. Um, but, yeah, go enjoy that stuffing. Stuffing's the best. Um, yeah. Um, okay, well, anyways, bye. 
<laughs> Stuffing's weird because it, it's super delicious, but I also am very anti-vegetable. It's one of those things like you grow up eating it and loving it, and then you start to recognize that like there's stuff in here that you don't like. It's like, oh crap, that's right. So it's it's real like iffy. It's kind of like it's I'm I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna ignore those little crunchy bits that are there. Like I don't know what that was, but I'm gonna ignore it. Um. And we're just going to power through this. We're going to like the stuff out of the box is fine because it's also like just mush. It's like whatever. I don't know. Um, you can just kind of ignore it. But like if I tried to make homemade, I don't know if I'd even want to because it's like all the recipe. I know the recipes are going to be like, oh, you're going to use chunks of onions and peppers and things. And I just probably no peppers in it, but celery, friggin' beetroot juice. I don't know. Like I'm just I'm not doing that. So it's it's real good. I love stuffing. But I feel like I'm I I am strictly stuffing out of the box guy. I think I would hate homemade stuffing because it would use like real ingredients, and I don't want that. <laughs> There's certain things that are like that that like uh, egg rolls. Like I always loved egg rolls, and then I realized egg roll is like fried cabbage, and it's like oh that's disgusting. <laughs> so it's like sometimes I can kind of eat egg rolls, but it's got to be like stuff with more of the other stuff and less of like the things and it shouldn't be crunchy. Like I kind of like egg rolls, but it's like real iffy. But yeah, stuffing is solid. I don't think we're having turkey, which is sad. We haven't done turkey in a long time. I'd be certainly happy to make my, I I, want to make a turkey, but I think uh, ham has been what we've been doing the last couple of years, which makes me sad because it's like, dude, Thanksgiving is turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And uh, that's, I mean, you could say cranberry stuff or whatever. I don't usually eat that anyways, but I like when it's on the table because it's a staple. Other than that, it's just kind of stuff you add, you know, mac and cheese or cornbread or, you know, the pies. You should have some pies. There should certainly be a pumpkin pie. I don't know if we're going to have a pumpkin pie. My family is revolting against me trying to make pumpkin desserts. They, they're like, I don't want pumpkins. It's like, dude, it's Thanksgiving. I got to make a pumpkin dessert. They're like, well, we don't like, fine. I won't make stupid pumpkin. No turkey, no pumpkin. is isn't even Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> no stuffing, ham rolls, mac and cheese. It's just kind of like a average Thursday. It's going to be a good Thursday, I'm just saying. Thanksgiving is a specific thing, man. It's turkey, and it's mashed potatoes, and it's stuffing. It's what it is, man. Hey, Ryan. What up? Sorry, I'm, I'm going to cool down of a six-mile run right now. Oh, so you show off. Hopefully my breathing's not too crazy. But anyways, um... So, I've currently got about 600 pages left of Atlas Shrugged, right, to, to the end of the book. So, you're you're almost done, then. And I was hoping... My, I remember my grandma gave me that book. She's like, here's a good book I want you to read. And it was so thick, and I opened it. And I, th- I, I think I've referenced before where I was like... How much I hate books because I I opened like one book and I saw like the the way the light shimmered off the street or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is so stupid. Like, get to the freaking point. I think it might have been Atlas Shrugged. I'm not positive. But it was like the first page I'm reading it. And it's like the light shone down on the street. Like It was like a whole page describing the scene. Like, I don't give a crap. Like, get to the point. That's why I can't do books, man. I just, I can't. Like, that's the point of books is to like create the imagery and everything else. Like, I just, I just... If I'm going to read a book, I want it to be freaking bullet points. Like, here's reality. Bing, bang, boom. Like, all right, cool. Got it. Like, here's science and math and stuff. Great. That's why, that's why I do YouTube, man. 
Uh, but yeah, Atlas Shrugged, man. I haven't, uh, I get the idea. I haven't seen the movie or read the book, though. I do know the uh, author. Very big fan of the author. Have a couple disagreements with her, but uh, I know she's she's a very smart lady. Remember? But now that I also have to read the passage injury report as well, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> that injury report's just too dang long. But... TLDR. Oh, somebody should put that. I feel like I'm ripping you off now if I do that, but that would be pretty funny. <laughs> like, injury report, just like TLDR, or like, what is that meme that's like, uh, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, I'm not reading all that, but uh, sorry that happened to you or whatever. I got faith that we'll be okay, and I think that this couple of days that we've got till Thursday is going to be restful, but hopefully they get good practice in as well. Um, anyways, also, um, I mean, I think everyone's heard the fact that no quarter, no Packers quarterback has thrown for 300 yards in in a game since 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell the people who just straight up do not want to give Jordan Love any credit, right? You go on socials, you go on whatever, and there's still people saying, like, oh, but Aaron Rodgers. And it's just like, well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is, is also the, was the quarterback in the period of time that, we, that he, he didn't have a 300-yard passing quarterback right. since, right? So it's just like... I mean, that, that was honestly the biggest shocking takeaway to me was, I mean, I knew things were bad last year. I didn't know they were zero 300-yard games bad. So... You know, it's like it's not even necessarily a positive Jordan Love tweet as much as it's like a man. Twenty twenty two was worse than I thought. Tweet. Um, it was just like something else where we were talking about Air, uh, Jordan Love has already more passing yards than Justin Fields has ever had, and I got so many comments like, "Oh wow, I guess he's so good, you should extend him, bro." This is not a pro Jordan Love tweet. It's an anti Justin Fields tweet. You freaking moron. Some people that just can't get over the fact that we have Jordan Love now. And we don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. And in his last season here, Rodgers wasn't very good. There's people that just don't understand that. Well, and it is it is kind of funny now that you mention it, because what, what have I been saying? Aaron Rodgers was not very good last year, period, by almost every single conceivable metric. I think, like I said, the best metric you can find is that he was like 10th via PFF. And that's like the most flattering thing you can find. Everything else is like 20th. So it was bad. Um, but, but it's funny because it's like, if we just had a mediocre quarterback, we can at least match what we did last year, possibly even improve on it, depending on the situation around them. And what happened? Jordan Love last week was, in my estimation, like good, not great, you know? And I don't mean that to sound negative. It's just like, clearly there is, is a, there, there is higher that you can go, but I'm certainly satisfied with it. That was a good, solid performance. And it just so happened to be a better performance than Aaron Rodgers had the entire year last year with like the exact same team. So that that kind of embodies what I was saying about the whole situation, right? If, if, if Jordan can be good, not great, then we'll be just as good as we were. And if Jordan had been doing this all year, there's a good chance we win the division, we're in the playoffs, the whole thing. So I absolutely stand by my statement that if Jordan can just be decent, that we can be as good as we were last year. The only reason 
because I'm I'm positive people are doing victory lap. Oh, I thought you can be better without Roger. The only reason that didn't happen is because Jordan Love was playing like a bottom five quarterback. That was a very specific caveat that I put in there. If Jordan can be a top 20 quarterback, will be as good. As soon as Jordan became a top 20, top 15 quarterback, guess what? We're just as good. Maybe even better. And actually, every game he threw 300 yards. It's like, actually go back and look at a week-to-week basis, even over his MVP stretch. He was going to throw on for 300 yards every game. It's, he was throwing mostly like, maybe like 200, 250 um, from a game-to-game basis. It was rare and far between that. He yeah, 300 is a lot. It is, even in his last couple MVP seasons. But people act like he was doing it every week. It's just like, dude, give Jordan Love some credit. Right. Um, it's just some fans just want to be miserable and not see the good. And, ah, anyways, um, bye. Well, that's a consistent... Sorry for all these calls. No, you're good. That's a consistent theme. Um like every week is, and, and again, I understand not wanting to come all the way and being like, okay, that was fine, but, but we, 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 we get a little too hung up on that sometimes. We see that, especially I think with the defense, because I think the majority of the fan base is anti-Joe Barry, anti-defense. So you get the most of it in that regard. But it's like the defense will hold a team to, you know, 14 points. And it's like, yeah, but that offense sucks. It's like, I understand that. But even still, holding any NFL team to 14 points, and you can see this if you go back and look at other teams, and we kind of talk about that with the Chargers, although I put a lot of caveats and asterisks next to that one because it was mostly them shooting themselves in the foot. But it's like they deserve credit for that. Anytime a defense can hold anybody to this amount of points, you deserve some kind of, a, of, of credit for that. And it's the same with Jordan Love. There's plenty of things to still critique and clean up and improve. But to pretend that you know, everybody just gets 300 passing yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions and has that exact same day against the Chargers is just wrong. I mean, it's very simple to just look it up. That's not what happens, right? Like, okay, let's look at some bad quarterbacks that they've played recently. They played the Jets. He threw for 263, zero touchdowns, zero interception, 59 passing grade. Okay. The week before that was the Bears with Justin Fields. Did he do that? No. He had 232 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Well, wait a minute. Actually, it's not Fields. It's Tyson Bajan. Whatever. I thought it because you have a bad defense, like everybody should just get 300 yards, two touchdowns, no pick. No. Bad quarterbacks are bad. Good quarterbacks are good. Now, yeah, it, you're probably going to have better days against bad defenses, but bad quarterbacks are still bad. Tyson Bajan is still going to throw 232, zero touchdowns, and two picks despite it being a bad defense. So, Give the guy some credit. He had a good day. Now, can he do that against a good defense? Probably not. But I'm sorry, neither did Rodgers. When we went up against super stout defenses, when we went up against, oh, I don't know, Tampa Bay or the 49ers, was he throwing 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks? No, he wasn't. Aaron Rodgers in 2020 was the best quarterback in football. Week one against Minnesota, 364 yards and four touchdowns, 94.6 passing grade, 96 overall grade. He had one to like four weeks in a row in the 90s. He had a bunch of games in the 80s. He had another game week nine in the 90s. He had another uh, game week 13 again in the 90s. Like the guy was dominant. Week six against Tampa, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, 45 great. Whoops. <laughs> it, you know, I'm just saying, give him some credit.
He had a good day, period. And, you know, and here's the other thing. Bad defenses can't force you to throw good throws, right? You might have more opportunities because you'll have, you know, maybe less pressure, although that wasn't the case. There was not less pressure in this game. 30% is, is right on the money. So that's not the case. You might have some more guys wide open. Maybe. I didn't necessarily notice that, but we could pretend that that's a thing. But since when does that matter? Since when did that ever matter? The problem with Jordan Love was that when guys are open, he can't get it to them. So what does having guys wide open mean? What does that, how does that benefit Jordan Love? Bottom line is a bad defense isn't going to really help Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the one hurting Jordan Love. The only way he gets better is if he himself gets better. He needs to throw the ball accurately, on time, in rhythm. He did that. So just, you know, give him the, give him the props. Hey, Ryan. It's a, <clears throat> had a thought. Um, well, I guess a few things. First, it was really, uh, really good to see the Packers pull out the W. And uh, I've been critical of Jordan Love as needed, but I have not um, gotten, I've not been one to say that, uh, you know, he's done or we for sure need to move on or whatever. I see that. I see the talent there to see some improvements needed. And some get, some games it's more his fault, in my opinion. And some games it's not as much his fault, in my opinion. I know that's, uh, we all have different perspectives on that. So that's my point. But anyways, it's really good to see him play well. I thought he was very, very good in every aspect of the game. Um, his accuracy, he missed one or two deep balls. Who doesn't? Um, his completion percentage, everything looked really, really good. There was that one throw when he was rolling out to the left. And I, I think he's better when he rolls out to the left than to the right, which is kind of unique. But... And he whipped that sucker across his body. I think that was to Wicks. And man, that play, that was, uh, that was one of those throws. You know, that was a Rogers throw. That was a Mahomes throw. Um, and that's the arm talent we're talking about that he has. And he's got to put it all together. But, uh, I thought that was, uh, very much a bright point. Um, anyways, my, uh, fun, fun, uh, and that's, fun. That's why he was drafted. Right, I mean, there's always a lot of confusion. Like he, he wasn't even that good, and he played for a small school, and he had accuracy issues and interception issues and all that. Do you you want to know why? It's because of that, because he does and is able to make those throws that a lot of other guys don't and can't make. That doesn't mean he's going to be Pat Mahomes, but the fact that he has that ceiling and it makes sense for the Packers. Who do they always draft? They draft the guys that can be a ten out of ten. They don't want a guy with a ceiling of an eight. I mean, you know, in the first round or whatever, or quarterback or tackle, they'd rather have a guy with, you know, a twenty percent chance of mate of, of meeting their potential, and their potential being a, a ten out of ten, as opposed to a guy with a fifty percent chance with like an eight out of ten. They just they swing for the fences every time. Every time they swing, it's a knockout punch. It's a home run hit. They don't know how to bunt. Thought that I called in with is uh, regarding the. Push, push, cheek, sneak, brotherly shove. I think we decided to cheek, sneak, right? Uh, it's pretty good. That's my vote. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> we ran it a couple times, the game, be- not this last game, but the game before, and actually pretty well, minus the penalties, which didn't even impact it, so it gets pulled back. But I wonder if the reason the Packers are hesitant and maybe some of the other teams are, we don't want to get a lot of hurt. Um, you know, Hurts is a bigger guy, so they probably feel a little bit better about that. Um, but I had this thought. Everybody knows the Eagles are going to run it anyways. They never pass it. So if we were going to run the cheek sneak, why wouldn't we run it with Dylan under center? 
or, uh, you know, one of our bigger guys. Yeah. Specifically, I think Dylan would be awesome. I mean, why put your quarterback in there and get banged up? And that, that does actually make a lot of sense. I mean, the whole reason it's supposedly unfair. I mean, granted, they have a, a mauling offensive line as well. But what a lot of people that are commenting on it are saying is, well, it's because Hertz can bench press a ton of weight. Like, he's super strong. His legs are, are super strong. I mean, this isn't really a quarterback play necessarily. So as long as Dylan could take the snap, it does make sense. And you could still have big guys. You could have Kraft and uh, Sims or whoever the bigger guys are pushing from behind as Dylan with freaking quads the size of an F-150 pushing behind the offensive line. You know, again, I I think any if you can get like a 98% success rate of, of being able to convert from like a yard and a half, almost two yards out, which the Eagles seem to be able to do. That is so unbelievably valuable that now I'm looking at it saying it's center and guard just became that much more important because you, if you can go from first and 10 or from 10 yards to convert a first down to eight yards, that's so unbelievably valuable. It's, I mean, it's just, it's not really even a debate in my mind. If you're within a yard and you feel like you don't have the team to be able to execute this play that is supposedly unstoppable, then you need new guys. And I, I think what you're saying makes perfect sense. Because if it's if it's the offensive line, fix it. If it's the fact that your quarterback isn't Jalen Hurts, guess what? He doesn't need to throw. And like you said, they know it, the sneak is coming. Put Dylan back there. Put Dylan back there. That's the whole point. They know it's coming and they can't stop it. I think you're exactly right. When you have a running back, that can be a bruiser. Everyone knows you're going to run it anyways. If right. you uh, want Jordan Love on the field in case you need an audible, throw him out on the side of the wide receiver. Yep. Don't bring one guy out there to cover him. That shouldn't affect the play at all. And if they don't cover him, hopefully uh, Dylan can lob the ball. Well, now I'm getting crazy. Anyways, <laughs> you get my point. I think we should uh, do Dylan uh, under center on our cheek sneaks. What say you? Bye-bye. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, this whole thing was, was an innovation. And the the conversation is about the defense is needing to innovate to be able to stop it. But that doesn't mean the offense can't continue to innovate, and I think you're right. If you've got a guy like A.J. Dillon, I mean, you worry about the handoff exchange or whatever, but practice it. Practice it every day in practice. Spend, spend, you know, a few minutes at the end working on the cheek sneak. And try it with love and try it with Dylan and try to just figure out like the best possible ways to do it. But it makes sense. You got a running back that understands, you know, these things better in turn, you know, because you see Jalen Hurts once in a while, he goes straight ahead. Sometimes he's kind of got to roll off to the other side or whatever. Um, You get a little bit more of a sense. I mean, heck, even Aaron Jones would potentially make more sense. I mean, you'd probably rather have Dylan because we're just pushing and he does a good job of pushing. But yeah, I mean, and and maybe you make some adjustments to the offensive line as well. Maybe this is a situation where you put Elton Jenkins, who's a little bit bigger and sturdier at center, and you could even put some of the tackles inside. Like you could put uh, Yash Nyman at right guard. You could put Sean Ryan in at left guard or whatever, or switch that. And then you could have, you know, just get your bigger, stronger guys out there. If you want to put some of your bigger, mall, I mean, who who is the uh, freaking... Caleb Jones. Put Caleb Jones out there. That guy, how big is Caleb Jones again? He is six foot eight and a half, closer to six foot nine. Um, 370 pounds. I mean, you could even put him in instead of Zach Tom. I mean, th- this is this is its own thing. 
There's a question of who is a better tackle, and then there's a question of who's a better person to have out there for this one particular play. And it could be an entirely different human being. It's not that crazy to me to think that a six foot nine, 370 pound guy might actually be better than your more slim, athletic tackles for this situation, which is simply push forward. Put them out there. Practice it. Figure out your best. I mean, you got your best five offensive linemen. You've got your quarterback. You got all that. Okay, give me your best 11 for the cheek sneak. Perfect that one thing. And honestly, you could probably do, we could have this conversation about other stuff too when you're talking personnel. Now, obviously, you don't want to get too carried away, but there, there might be situations. Like, let's say we're talking goal line. Right? We're, we're not worried about getting a first down and needing to sub out guys this, that, or the other in tempo and all that. We're on the goal line. This is what it is. Who are your best 11 on the goal line? Just saying. Something, 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 you know, you could explore a little bit. Anyways, I am going to leave it at that. I think that's a smart thing to consider, and I think it's something that should be worked on. Any Green Bay Packers listening, tell Coach LaFleur to try it out. Because then, then we could change the name to something else. You know, instead of like the cheek sneak, it could be like the Dylan Flillin, I you know the thigh pie. I listen. This is this is off the dome here. I need a minute to contemplate the thigh try. Although it's yeah, um, quad squad. You put out the quad squad, huh? Fourth and one. Here comes the quad squad. Freaking nailed it, dude. We're ending on that. You guys have a good rest of your night. Please enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be safe. Eat and drink responsibly. Actually, no. Drink responsibly. Eat irresponsibly. Enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.